and thanks for checking out our podcast, The Tabletop Vagabonds. This is a D&D 5e actual play podcast based in the homebrew world of Aria, a world where sky gnomes live in the floating cities of Galestar, whilst gear gnomes live down in their clockwork cities in the mountains, where the tall and beautiful Sildred with their ram's horns can be seen beside sentient golems in the bear-like Bajani. The remnants of the god's creation of Aria, a substance known as essence, is present in all living things, and those talented can manipulate it to change the world around them. This essence is so volatile that the first races created in Aria, the childlike Larsa, have to wear masks just to contain their own essence to stop it harming others. We will talk more about the world in episode one, but for now, let's meet the players who will be exploring this world with me. Hi, I'm Amy, and I'm playing uh, Melinda Wrenchnozzle. She's a Sky Gnome warlock. She's from the Sky Gnome city of Galestar. Which is, of course, the floating city in the sky that moves around Aria. Yeah, that's right. And um, my family are mechanics by trade. She's got quite a big family. They're fairly poor. And yeah, like that's what they do. They fix airships. And how did Melinda enjoy that? Not very much. She, she uh, really likes school and uh, studying yeah <laughs> she is I think that she probably would feel that's a compliment actually <laughs> and she left Galestar and went to uh, Lirana's College of Essence she's been there for the past uh, few years studying and when she was there she yeah carried on working hard and she uh, fell in with an order the order of a gnosis a society that um, believe in furthering understanding and technology in Aria like above all else so that's great more studying she loves it so what is melinda doing now then she's just graduated was pretty high up in her class um and now she's um working for the order and adventuring around aria to report back intel and discoveries they want to know you know what's going on with essence and yeah find out if there's any new technology that they can harness so tell us a bit about sky names because sky names are from gale star which is the floating city so they're less goblin-y than what a, you might be thinking of a gnome looking like. Melinda would say they look better looking than um, your regular gear gnome. Whereas gear gnomes are known for more pomposity and over-etiquette, sky gnomes are ironically more down-to-earth and familiar with other races. Yeah, so, yeah. But we're more trendy in like that way, so I think they're just like, probably they would be more pompous, but I like to think that, yeah, not as like clean, it's just not been a fashionable thing for gnomes, not seen as a bad thing to be kind of a bit unkempt. You know, you live in a cave, so... No, we, we, live, get... we live in gears, oily <laughs> gears. So tell me about what Melinda looks like then, so the audience can get a feel for who Melinda is. Okay, so Melinda is short like a gnome. She has pink-purple dyed hair because uh, she made friends with a gear gnome while she was at college. So Melinda is unusual in that way. She's quite studious, well put together. She cares about her appearance. And she wears glasses. She's got quite bad eyesight, so if she loses those, she uh, can't see very well. Finn, or David, as you like to be called normally. That, that is my general parlance, yes. Talk about Finn then. Talk about what Finn looks like and so all can get a feel for who Finn is. Uh, like most Larsa, Finn has quite a childlike appearance despite his years. About hobbit size for comparison. He's got bright blue hair, sticks up in sort of a anime protagonist kind of style. At his hips, he's got his two guns, whiz and bang. And uh, on his back, his speak and spell focus which he uses to channel his essence and uh, do his spells. Your speak and spell focus. Can you uh, explain what that is for the audience? Traditionally, to channel um, magics in D&D, you'd need a spell focus. Finn uses uh, something that is akin to a speak and spell. So it's a, a mixture between a keyboard 
and just a bunch of buttons uses the buttons and the keys to channel specific spells. Like one of those kids' toys that would have a picture of a cow and you press it and it go moo, that kind of thing. Is that right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Wiz and Bang are also children's toys that you've made. Yes. Into real weapons. Yes. All of the things that Finn uses are items he's infused with essence based on what he had around him. And uh, possibly the most immediately noticeable fact about Finn is his mask. A red and blue full face cover with bright gems where the eyes would be are lit up by the essence within him. And that's because your race, Larsa, was the first race in Aria and therefore has quite volatile essence inside it. So you guys wear a mask to hold the essence in so it doesn't harm other people or indeed yourself if it gets released, isn't it? Yeah. So tell us a bit about Finn. Tell us about who he is and where he's going. So Feng grew up in a place called Edelswood, which is a Larsa colony. And in his early teens, his father passed away. And a few years later, his mum met a traveling sky gnome by the name of Steve. Not too long after meeting, they ended up getting married, which was quite uncommon for the Larsa people. They then moved Galestar, uh, where Finn lived through the rest of his adolescence. Funny fact about Finn and Steve is that at no point has Finn really acknowledged Steve as his stepfather. He has kind of just referred to him as his mother's friend throughout the whole ordeal. What's next for Steve and Finn? Where are they at the moment? Finn had been hobbying as an artificer. Steve had kind of gotten concerned about Finn, about whether or not he was actually going to do anything with his life. So Steve told him he'd have to start paying rent. And so Finn is going to try and stick it to Steve by getting all the money in one big go rather than working a regular job just so he could prove to Steve he doesn't need a job. And that's the moment Finn decided he needed to uh, get out the house and go and make that money. Time to make that money. And Craig, tell us a bit about Volley Willowstar. Hi, I'm Craig. I'm playing Volley. He is a eight-year-old Volmine. For those who don't know what a Volmine is, kind of imagine Treebeard meets Groot, but younger, much more immature, and uh, yeah, more annoying. Bit, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he was produced in the grove, so Volmine aren't born by normal kind of reproductive means. They're kind of basically grown as and when they're needed, and then they're given a role by their own community. He wasn't originally given the role of seeker. He was given the role of sentry, which he didn't want to do. He believed he was better than that. He believed he had greater things in store for him. Took it to the mother tree. So the mother tree is basically like where the seeds come from. She imbues new Volmine when they're grown with essence, which essentially gives them life. What's interesting about Volmine is they're the only race that have their god literally with them. The mother tree is your god, isn't she? She births you and she yep. is your people's god. She is our god and literally our mother. Well, it's funny because Volley decided um, one day when he was doing his sentry rounds, he's like, ah, oh, fuck this. I, I don't, this, I, this isn't what I want to do. I'm, I'm better than this. Leave his post, go to the mother tree in the center of the grove and just starts yelling this tirade of how he's so much better than she's given him credit for and he should be out there with the other seekers learning about the world and traveling and doing all this stuff and that he's wasted as a sentry and he's bored and he doesn't want to do it. And so how did the first argument of your parents go? <laughs> as taken aback as the mother tree was that this young seedling is just coming and just hurled abuse at her basically in the end she just went okay fine go if you think you're good enough prove me wrong so he did and you cause less issues if you're just away somewhere else 
be someone else's problem. Yeah, more than likely that is the reason why she's like, okay, just get this get this tree out of here. So Volley's mission as a seeker is to go out and meet as many races, as many people from Aria, learn as, as many things about the world of Aria as he can, as many things about the cultures and the people within. And that's basically how Volmine get their knowledge. So what does Volley look like then? What should be in the audience's mind's eye as they think of Volley? So when you look outside, or maybe you're on a train and you see a tree. <laughs> that's, that's Volley. So he's, uh, in, on a more serious note, he's about six foot tall, completely made of like a brown wooden bark, obviously being a, being a tree, kind of dotted about his body, off his arms, legs, shoulders, off his head, like little leaves and, and tiny little twigs kind of sprouting off. The interesting thing about Volley is the cracks in his bark glow orange much like my colleague finn the inside of volley is pure essence which is becoming cased in this wooden body and the orange glow that you see in the cracks in his bark is is his pure essence that is his life force so as that dims you can tell he's unwell if it's if it's bright and glowing he's healthy he's always got a big beaming smile on his face and last but not least alex Hi, I'm playing Osric Torian Brock Glamtinker Springforge. That's a big name. It is for a, a very small gear gnome. Gear gnome. So you, unlike Melinda, who's a sky gnome, you are based more underground then. Yeah, I grew up in, in Tyr, which is sort of a big interconnected clockwork city of gears that all spin on their own axis. Every morning you wake up with a new view. It's all right. And tell us a bit about Osric then. So he grew up as part of the Glam Tinker family, which are quite a well-established family of tinkerers. They, they're known for their clockwork animals, but they're, they're pretty set in their ways. They've been going for a while, and he was not happy to do the same old thing. So he basically learned his way, and after a big falling out of his uncle, he left the city and moved out to the middle of nowhere. He set his own little forge on the outside of a, of a town, became a bit of an odd little hermit, took on the name Springforge started crafting his own little magical animals. He's been there a few hundred years. He's a bit older than this eight-year-old tree that we're playing with. He's 319, which I think is pretty good going for a gnome. Is Osric the oldest yeah. one here? Yeah. I think, by, by a lot. By a huge way. I, I think, like, how old's Melinda? I think I'm, like, I'm in my early 20s. All right. I'm, I'm about three centuries older than everyone else. Come and your granddad. Uh, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about the glam tinker. Are there also like heavy tinkers and deaf tinkers and glam tinkers wear spandex and have big hair? Uh, we don't talk about most of those because the glam tinkers are the original and then everyone else slowly gets shunted off and we don't... Oh, the goth tinkers. Yeah, you don't talk about them. <laughs> what about the punk tinkers? <laughs> punk tinkers. They're, well, you see, the thing is, the punk tinkers, they embrace the colourful hair that the gear gnomes like, so... I think, if anything, they're actually more well-known now than the rest of us. So he's spent a long time with his bright orange glam tinker hairstyle, but since he moved out to the countryside, that's gone a bit by the wayside. It's now pretty ashen and soot-stained, and it's probably a little bit grey of age, but he no, it's, it's soot. It's definitely soot. That's what he'll say. So what's next for Osric, then? Osric is about to pack up his gear and move back to Tyr, there's a there's a festival coming up. He's managed to secure a table. It's taken him a good while to get a good place, but if he can sell his wares and get his name known, maybe he can set up his own forge and show his family that he's uh, moving up in the world, maybe even surpassing them. Perfect. So 
you guys, or your characters anyway, are on a party bus. One of the many yeah. party buses on the way to celebrate Unity Day. A party bus. M- party Mel's bus. only on the bus because she couldn't get a ticket to the other bus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Osric may have bought the wrong ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they are called party buses, but what they are, they are buses that pick people up from across Aria and take you to the nearest Unity Day celebration, which is Unity Day is a celebration of all the city-states creating a peace after the Great Long War. So yeah, keep your eyes and ears open for episode one of the Tabletop Vagabonds coming to a podcast place near you soon. We'll see you then. And until then, bye-bye. Bye.